Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Sean Boltz. Sean is a TV host, news commentator, media producer, and a Christian minister. He is the host of Translating God, a 10-part series teaching viewers how to hear from God, participate in the prophetic, and avoid the common pitfalls and misconceptions related to the prophetic ministry. Let's dive into the message. I grew up in California with one younger brother and a mom and dad who ended up getting divorced, but he, he was angry. He had a spirit of rage and my mom, in order to cope with it, uh, took tranquilizers. And so I was in a home where uh, there was, if there wasn't rage, we were living under the fear of rage coming. It was really interesting, my dad was a coach. He coached football, basketball, baseball, and gymnastics. And he was a a health teacher also. And the thing that was so confusing to both my brother and I growing up was that he was maybe one of the most loved teachers I had ever seen. But my dad would get letters during the summer and phone calls and hang out with kids. And even after they graduated, they talked to him. So here was this man who was absolutely loved as a, and adored as a coach and as a teacher. But when he came home, we never saw that. We saw, we saw the anger, we saw the rage, we saw the things that um, no one else saw. And it was hard to reconcile as a young boy, why does my father hate me? Why does he yell at me? Why does he beat us? Of all the names of God, Heavenly Father might be the name closest to his own heart. God is our Father. We come from his nature. He created us. He also spared no expense, even his own son, to redeem us, his adopted children. It was always his intention that we would know him as Father. The whole Bible is showing us that God is a loving Father and that his love is redeeming and also everlasting when we allow him to adopt us. In the Old Testament, God is the Father of Israel and Israel is his Son. He has showed this in the way he lovingly pursued his people, forgiving and redeeming them. While the Jews of Jesus's day were hesitant to call God their father and angry at Jesus for doing so, Jesus confidently claimed God as his father and taught his followers to do the same. We know that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our father, and that the Aramaic word Abba was the word Jesus used. This word is the most affectionate and endearing thing that children can call their father in the Aramaic. Nowadays, hardly anybody finds this strange, and many people are surprised to discover that the Jews of Jesus' day and even his own disciples were puzzled by his teaching. And calling God Abba, which is most closely translated in our language as Daddy, Jesus was displaying a beautiful, casual intimacy with God that was unheard of at that time. And that's precisely the way he taught his followers to pursue and to know God as their personal, loving Father. 
when you're dealing with someone who has rage or the spirit of rage, uh, uh, it's, it's very, very confusing. Also, I remember a time when I was between five and eight years old that uh, I was getting in trouble big time for something and, and the spirit of rage was uh, heavy and I was um, being yelled at. When I say yelled at, my dad was a coach and his voice was very loud, could be heard all through the neighborhood. And I was in, uh, in my room, which wasn't that big, and I was getting thrashed. And when you're a little kid, how do you not cry? So as I cried, he would get more angry and you know, he would say, stop crying. Real men don't cry, you need to suck it up. And those things combined with being hit, it's pretty hard to stop crying. So what that did to me, what rose up into me was this feeling of, I will never cry. I will never show anyone that I'm in need or have any ability to get to me emotionally. God loves for you to think of him and pursue him as a father. However, your ability to connect with him in this way probably depends a great deal on the relationship you had with your earthly father. Maybe your father was warm and loving, always there when you needed him, a patient teacher, and quick to forgive when you made a mistake. If that was your experience, maybe it's easy for you to imagine God as a loving father. But because we live in a fallen world, chances are that you had a less than perfect father figure. Maybe his love felt conditional and you felt like you could never measure up or qualify for his love. Perhaps he was distant and absent and you grew up feeling sure that you could never count on your father being there. Or maybe he was just angry and harsh and you lived in constant fear, trying not to trigger your father's wrath. If you live with emotional wounds caused by your earthly father, then knowing God as a father probably doesn't sound appealing. But the opportunity that God offers is the chance to know him as the father you always wanted. In him, you can experience the love and patience you missed, receive the kind instruction that you needed, and feel the safety and loving acceptance that every human being needs. The yearning you feel in your heart for a perfect, loving father was placed there, not to draw you to a human father, but to God whose name is Father, and whom you find your place as an eternally beloved son or daughter. The notion of the Father didn't come to me for until I probably married Lauren when I was 30. I would read the Bible and read about God the Father and see him in a little bit of a different light. It was easy to read about Jesus and his ministry on the earth, but um, God the Father represented, to me, an angry father. I, I lived a life of shame around my childhood and who I was as a, as a young child, a young man, a man, because of, of the way that I grew up. And so I didn't really want to engage the Father because I could have a conversation with people and spread the love of God out to them, but I did not believe that about myself. And so for me, getting to know the Father was a process, and it was, it was a beautiful process. I think being a father, you come to, in each one of your children's lives, you come to a place where the rubber meets the road where they need a good, loving father, where they need someone to believe the best in them, 
where they have made a mistake that they can't get themselves out of. And in those moments, when I was able to give the grace of a good, good father to them, I received revelation to my life that that's who our father in heaven was to me. I couldn't appropriate it. I couldn't bring it into my heart and rest with it there. But as I gave it out, I could see it. The Old Testament seldom uses the word father as a description of God, but there are at least two important texts in which it does so. Both of them are found towards the end of Isaiah and occur in the context of both sin and repentance. The first is Isaiah 33. You are our father, although Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from old is your name. And later in Isaiah 64, we read, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are the works of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not our iniquity forever. And these verses, God is addressed as father, not because he is Israel's creator, but because he is its redeemer, which reveals the nature that's special in relationship that God has with his chosen people. Only a father would go to great lengths to reinherit a wayward child. In each of these cases, the underlying theme is that God is the father of Israel. He has cut the Israelites out of the same cloth of his own nature. He has covenanted, he has made a binding promise that Israelites are his children. And because he has done so, he will redeem them in spite of their sinfulness. So we should take great comfort in the fact that the primary reason God is our father is not because he made us, but because he chose us and has in love given us his binding promise to love and redeem us again and again. Last month, my wife and I, uh, we did an intensive, uh, a six day intensive. And the consultant that we were working with asked me if I wanted Jesus to take me to the Father. And I didn't know what I was getting into, but I said, sure. And so I am not one who has visions. I am not one who hears the audible voice of the Lord. I'm someone who uh, has been through a lot and I have wisdom in the natural. So this woman said to me, well, just close your eyes and ask, ask Jesus if he'll take you to the Father. The second I closed my eyes and asked Jesus, will you take me to the Father? I was ascending up into heaven. I got through, you know, the clouds and I'm now on top of when you're like in an airplane and it's a cloud, like clouds everywhere that you could look, think you could walk on. Now Jesus and I are walking and he's saying things to me like, dude, I can't wait for you to meet the Father. I can't wait for you to meet the Father. You're gonna love him. He's wanted to meet you for so long. This is gonna be the best. And, and I'm looking at him like, okay. And there's angels everywhere. Huge angels, beautiful angels, scary angels. I mean, and again, you're talking to someone who's never had a vision like this, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty freaked out. And we walk up these stairs and I don't see the father's face, but he's sitting there. And, and the next thing I know, I'm sitting on his lap with Jesus on the outside of me. And 
I'm not scared, but I'm pretty apprehensive because in my life I've made some pretty big mistakes and had some things happen to me that have been fairly devastating. The father looks at me, he starts to laugh and Jesus is laughing. My normal feeling would, of shame would be, oh, they're laughing at me, I've done something wrong. It was that he was so glad to see me, he was laughing and there was nothing to say. And pretty soon, we're all laughing. And I'm streaming with tears laughing. And everything's okay. Everything has been healed, everything's okay. At a certain point, I'm starting to get nervous, like I've been here for a long time and this is God. And so I say to him, um, thank you for having me. I know you're busy and I know I've been here for a while. And he just looked at Jesus and they laughed harder. They laughed harder and I was there forever. And I think I fell asleep and then on the way down, Jesus is saying to me, I told you you'd love him. I told you he'd love you. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that amazing? Isn't he, isn't he amazing? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was. And so after serving the Lord for over 40 years, I have this experience with him that is going to set me up now for this next season of my life to be able to talk about him forever in a new way. It's important to keep in mind that God is not our father because he created us. He created us in the same way an artist might create a beautiful painting or an intricate sculpture. Those works of art carry the imprint of an artist, but that doesn't make them his children. We are created beings and we are separated from the divine nature of God. So how is it that God is our father? The Bible tells us that it's through a holy adoption made possible by the love and sacrifice of God's true son, Jesus. He is the son of the father by nature, whereas we're all sinners who have been adopted by him. In Jesus, we're able to approach the father and have a relationship with him. As Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter four, verse six, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Through this adoption, through Jesus, we aren't second-class citizens in the kingdom. No, we are co-heirs with Jesus, inheriting the fullness of the love blessings of the Father. I had this amazing thing happen later in my life where I reconciled with my dad. Uh, we had uh, two daughters a year and a half apart and these beautiful blonde curly girls and he just loved them. I was still not reconciled with him and I finally said, you know, look, if you wanna come see your granddaughters, you're gonna have to do some business with me. And we sat in this deli and we, and we talked and reconciled. I would say the last 10 years of his life, we lived in this reconciliation. And he came and he saw his granddaughters and we kept sharing Jesus. And when he was dying, my wife prayed for him and he accepted Christ. And he died, I think, two weeks later. 
I love hearing from Bob Hassan because part of the way we learn about God is by being around friends who represent different aspects of who he is. And Bob is a good father, a great father, and I've learned so much from him. My wife and I have been on this journey with him and his wife, and it's changed our lives, and I'm so glad you got to hear from him because I know it's changed you too. Let's go talk to him deeper. Bob Hassan. Sean Bowles. <laughs> You know, I know your background and you've told me um, just about your father. Tell us about when you were a little kid in this story. Recently, Lauren and I went through an intensive, and in one of the sessions that I was in, um, the woman asked, is there, can you think of any scenario in your young life when you needed Jesus? Mm. And I, instantly flashed on being in trouble, being in my room with my dad in a full spirit of rage. And she said, can Jesus come into this? And I said, no, mm. this is like, he's like Leviathan. And I, in my rational mind, kind of know what that means, but, uh, it was this massive of a spirit. And as a little kid, you know, now I'm back in this memory feeling like helpless and really scared. And, and she's saying, invite Jesus into this. And so I did. And over some amount of minutes and me not understanding really what a vision is, you know, I, I'm present with this, scenario happening with my dad, but somehow I can see Jesus walking up, you know, coming in through the front door and down this little hall. And then I'm very aware of him standing next to me. But the thing that was, I don't even know, is unbelievable the right word? I can't, I don't know if there's a word in the English language that's can explain my dad stopped yelling and screaming and raging and he became like mute. Wow. And then there's this silence and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it, it's gonna like, I'm gonna really get in trouble now. Mm. And then Jesus, the, I, I looked up to him because I thought, I can't even imagine what he would be looking like to stop this rage, spirit of rage. And when I looked at him, there was no, he wasn't standing there intimidating. He was secure. He had been sent by the father. He was standing next to me. He put his arm around me. And he said, this is my son. He didn't say stop. He just said, this is my son. And I, I recognized that there was something I didn't understand. Like as a little, I'm like transported to being a little kid. I don't know if this makes any sense, but um, I understood that I wasn't that man's son. Yeah. 
that there was something that was higher and bigger and way more important. And he put his arm around me and we walked out together. This peace came on me and I realized, I, I, how can you be a little kid at the same time that you're a 61 year old man? I don't know. That something had been broken in that encounter. Yeah. I mean, do you understand these things? I, <laughs> you, I mean, it's just such a picture to, to all of us who are watching this too. It's just the way that your father and the natural operated was such the wrong way to operate. And, you know, and I love that you guys had reconciliation. I love that there was relationship in the end, but I think God obviously was so dividing you from that and just saying, that's not the right spirit. That's not, that's not me. And he so defined that for you. It wasn't really about your dad getting defined to him. It was defining it to you. And I think that to me is the epitome of the spirit of the father. When we get reconciled to him, when, when we become his, that he actually goes through all those things that are painful and shows us who he is in the journey and shows us where his heart cried out. I mean, Jesus was in heaven looking at these acts of injustice before you knew him, that he didn't have the right yet to come to you because you hadn't cried out yet. Your parents were, you know, discombobulated the whole thing, but he was looking at you in those moments, crying out to the father on your behalf. And no matter what the painful thing that is that happened to us, he was, he already had our sonship in his plan from the beginning, from the moment we turned our hearts to him, he, are, he was already there way before that, all through our life. So how do you think at this stage in the process, it's, there's so much fresh happening, how do you think God's gonna use himself as the father in your life and then you as a father? Uh, you know what I'm gonna do, Sean? I'm gonna step up. That's awesome. I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna go farther than I've gone. Yeah. I have this new little thing in my tool belt. I have tenderness in there wow. and I know what it feels like. And so maybe I've got 25 more years to be relevant and I'm not, I'm not putting a number on it, but for the next 25 years, Lauren and I are going to go after it. Wow. And why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's do this. Bob, thank you so much for sharing your journey with the father, as a father, as a son, all these stories you've told, it's just been amazing. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.